Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, good people, and welcome to our show. By the way, I don't want to discriminate bad people. Welcome to our show as well. You know, and I'm so excited today to discuss about influence marketing with Neil Schaffer. How are you? I am doing awesome, Anatoly. How are you doing, my friend? Yeah, I'm doing well. You know, um, I remember when I first time uh, check out your social media profile uh, that was on Twitter and uh, I found, oh, you have a lot of followers, you know, high engagement. I found you on LinkedIn and I think you know about this topic. You wrote a few, uh, a few books, if I know correctly. I know about one book and uh, you speak Japanese, Chinese. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> My props, I, I, yeah. I often read your blog as well, you know, because uh, I have Feedly and when I check out your blog, you post content about social media. Can you, uh, before we start, introduce a little bit about yourself, your background, because I think you know your topic. (laughs) Well, I was born a normal human being and I was born before social media. In fact, I was born before the internet, right? Before any of us could do anything that we do today. Uh, but my professional background before social media was actually B2B sales. And this is why my first social media love was LinkedIn. And I began, even as a professional, I saw the value in, in like networking, uh, and sharing information. So I actually launched my first blog back in 2008, exclusively about LinkedIn and 2009 wrote my first book exclusively about LinkedIn. And in 2010, uh, due to all these companies reaching out to me, wanting help with their social media marketing, I launched my own company, a, a consultancy. And since then, I have worked with a lot of companies, spoken on a lot of stages. I've taught at a few universities. And as you know, everything has evolved over the last decade. And with that, there have been different themes that have come up. And the theme of influencer marketing is something I'd say in the last two or three years has really come to the forefront. But not only that, Anatoly, I I found that with influencer marketing, most people misunderstand it and they sort of put it aside when a lot of companies have already been doing it without labeling it influencer marketing. And it really is with the declining reach of social media for businesses, influencer marketing becomes that much more important with every day. So I don't consider myself like an influencer marketing expert. It's just another thing that you know, I think people need to better understand. So I wrote a book on it. Yeah, got it. Valuable. Okay. Uh, uh, before we start about uh, talking about influence marketing, uh, can you share about your day? You know, I'm interested about that because uh, for, from my experience, it's hard to learn uh, a new language, uh, to uh, handle the company, you know, to get high results and to write books, uh, a, a lot of blog posts. Can you provide how to schedule this time to choose priorities in your daily life. (laughs) Well, first of all, I want to give a shout out to Alexandra. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, Mm -hmm. Wow. A day in my life. So I do not. So here's the thing, right? Especially like Anatoly, you and me, we're both sort of solopreneurs. And I think what's really important is that you need to design a lifestyle. Well, you need to design a business around your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So number one, I, I tend to speak and I tend to teach. So there's a lot of travel involved in my work. I, I speak fluent Japanese. So I go back to Japan regularly for business as well. So I actually tried an agency business model once 
but realize that it didn't fit that sort of lifestyle where every day I had to make sure that I was, you know, tweeting, what have you. So for me, consulting um, means, and the type of consulting I do now, I call it a fractional CMO. Uh, it, it, it gives me the freedom to adjust my time and I give myself enough free time to be able to create content. Anatoly, I don't know about you, but like today I have, uh, I, I also leverage, uh, assistance. So mm-hmm. I have a team of about 10 people, but they're not all full-time people. Each one of them does something very, sp- like one person just edits my podcast, for instance. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, another person I've taught how to, uh, analyze Google analytics, the way that I do it. So she prepares a monthly report for me of URLs that might need a little bit more love. And so today I found a URL, you know, a blog post of mine that's really dear to my heart that is just doing really bad, right? With search Mm -hmm. engine rankings. And I I took a look at it today. I'm like, oh my God, this is the worst piece of content. Anyone looking for this keyword is is not going to like this content. It's, it's, you know, it doesn't solve the problem. So like today I spent an hour, like I'm going to, I'm going to just rewrite this entire post. So I have the the freedom to be able to do that. Right. Um, and to be able to create that content. Now books are a little bit harder. So blog post, you get into a rhythm, you know, every week I'm, I'm publishing a certain amount of content every week I'm doing podcast. So I have this content creation that books require what I call deep work or deep think. And they require you to really start to say, Anatoly, I can't do this interview. I need to write my book, right? And really block out time for periods of time. Um, and I'd say for a book, it's like a two to three month process, right? Of blocking out maybe you know an hour a day, two hours a day, four hours a day. But in my mind, Anatoly, I'm always thinking, right? I'm I'm always like you know working for clients, always reading and learning. And so when I write something like this blog post I'm writing right now it comes out really quickly because I've been thinking about it for a while. And this, I actually have a book, my next book, which I have a a preview that I'm hoping to publish soon. Um, I've been working on the concept for like a year now. So I know that when I write it, it'll come out relatively fast. So yeah, it's a, you know, it's a combination of of client work um, and content creation, which is my own PR basically, right. To help promote Mm -hmm. who I am and and my brand, uh, which gets me more client work. So it's, it's like a yin and yang. It's this combination um, that, um, you know, some days there there's way too much client work and I have to put my content creation aside, but there are other days when it frees up, I can spend more time in the content creation. So it's a balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The balance is, is important. Okay, let's talk about uh, starting from scratch. Uh, I often see when uh, some companies uh, come to me and ask, you know, uh, I have great products, uh, not bad products, and uh, I want to sell on uh, social media, but I have no uh, followers, I have no engagement, I have nothing, you know, uh, I want to start from scratch. How to start from scratch? Uh, I mean, like... Uh, uh, for example, from my experience, uh, I consistent, you know, I have time, I can post content, I can check out to test them and analyze uh, where I can get results, where uh, I can fail, that's okay, you know, because failing brings a new experience. Can you provide your insights how to do it today? Because, you know, we have uh, overwhelmed, you know, overcrowded all social media, you know, it's, it's hard to win engagement if you start from scratch or it's better to hire some influencers to pay them money and tell them, please <laughs> promote my product. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of famous quotes around this. Things like it, you need money to make money or it costs money to make money. And if you're starting from scratch without social media, what would you do is what I'd ask you, right? 
Now, social media allows you to immediately engage with people for free. But as a business, you don't know anyone. No one's listening, right? So influencers can be very effective. And, you know, the way that I define influencers is not just these people with millions of followers. It can be someone with a thousand followers, but all they talk about is something that is very relevant to your product. And therefore, they've built up a very, very niche community that's very relevant to your product. So instead of the traditional way would be we'd buy a lot of advertising. I say you start to seed the market with product. You basically reach out to people and you offer them free product. And I, I would say that there's a social media tool called Buffer. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly the way Buffer grew. They used to comment on blogs because they started as a WordPress plugin for social sharing. And then they created a tool. And I was one of many people who got to use it for free in the beginning. They, they ended up charging me later. Um, but, you know, and, and I told you, you probably have a lot of like startup, like SEO tools and marketing tools companies that reach out to you, right? And they want, you know, hey, we'll give you a 30-day free trial if you talk about us on your blog. It's like, why wouldn't you give me lifetime access? If you really think that I am an influencer in the space, right? <laughs> if I'm a business and I find an influencer, I would go, I would do anything I could to get them to use my product. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the key thing is that what we're finding, especially after COVID, is that we really want the raw, the real, right? And people, you know, if you work with the the traditional way of thinking about influencer marketing, you pay someone a lot of money, they have a lot of followers. Well, they're probably representing a lot of different brands. But when you provide a product of service to someone that's very relevant and they end up liking that, when they share that on social media, it's authentic. Now, they might have gotten the product for free, but still, the fact that they really enjoy the product because they're using it, that just has a lot more resonance and can be a lot more effective. So I wouldn't just go out there and, and you know, pay someone money. I'd basically try to create my own user group, my own, you know, feedback loop, try to find those people that I think might be interested, start a conversation, give them the product. Heck, get let, you know, let them do a giveaway for their friends and help them build their email list if that's what it takes. But social media is all about word of mouth. And mm-hmm. in the old days, when we had a Facebook fan page that got a lot of visibility, we had a lot of word of mouth for businesses and Facebook. That doesn't happen anymore. The only way to build word of mouth in social media today is not through advertising. It's in getting people to talk about your product. And you can't get people to talk about your product unless they actually try your product. So I think that, you know, if you have a very expensive product, it's one thing. But I have I have a mastermind community, Anatoly, called Digital First. And, and one of my members, he creates bicycle handlebars that are made of bamboo, okay? He's out of New Zealand, very, very small business. And, but if you have the ability, if you ride a lot of bikes and you ride this bamboo handlebar, it is much more comfortable. It's much more mm-hmm. stable, right? And so what does he do? He reaches out to YouTubers who all they talk about is bicycles. He reaches out to Instagrammers, all they talk about is bicycles. $200 product, it, it has value. And people that are really into it, if they can get a better ride, Heck, we'll try it out. So his marketing is purely providing these $200 handlebars and he's been able to build a business around it. And now he has a big European, like, um, like you know, in in uh, the Netherlands or some Amsterdam, some cities where there's a lot of bicycle riding of, you know, companies that rent out, you know, bicycles. Now they want to install their handlebars on all their bicycles because it's much more comfortable. And now there's like sustainability companies that are reaching out to him saying, hey, can you make bamboo bicycle shoes? Can you make other bicycle parts in bamboo? So 
you know, influencers, when you tap into the right people with the right product and you, and you offer them an incentive to use it, it can unlock a lot of visibility. And with that can really take your business, not only more sales, but because you're out there in the public, it leads to a lot of different potential conversations. So th that's my one bit of advice there, Anatoly. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, of course, makes sense. Uh, but you know, uh, the common issue, how to find these right people, you know, uh, because uh, of course, uh, 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 we can't allow uh, Kim Kardashian, you know, to pay your money. I don't know. I need to sell uh, everything that I have, my house, my cars, my company, you know, to get one tweet or I don't know, one post on Instagram <laughs> to get your uh, post. But uh, how to find influencers who can uh, uh, help to sell your products because we have some uh, fake accounts you know uh, uh i don't know it's not about fraud it's more about uh to um, uh, to get some uh, fake followers you know and uh, sure. um, yeah or about the irrelevant uh, content they can't sell how to find the right people yeah so i mean anatoly how did you find me at some oh. point <laughs> you probably did a search how, how many times i found you <laughs> <laughs> thank you but yeah. really it starts with like I'll, we'll look at the bicycle handlebar company. It mm -hmm. starts with actually going into YouTube. If I want to learn about bicycles, who am I going to learn from? I'm going to do keyword searches. I'm going to find content, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to go into Instagram, do a hashtag search. I'm going to go into LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever social network, you're going to do a search and you're going to find content. And the key thing is you're looking for people that actually publish content around things that are similar to your product or service. You're not playing the follower game. And that's the mistake that most companies make because the people with lots of followers, there's a higher chance that they invested in buying fake followers because they have a lot of followers. If they don't have a lot of followers, the chances that they invested in buying is less, right? So you actually mitigate your risk when you work with people with fewer followers. But I'd say also that, you know, the people with fewer followers probably have more authentic engagement and, mm -hmm. you know, more authentic content in many ways. So do a keyword search for, you know, what would your target client be looking for? Find content creators, sort of, you know, see, like you saw my name pop up a lot. See whose names pop up a lot. Do a search in Google as well, like blogs, right? And I think if you did this process and Twitter has Twitter lists, not as popular now, but um, you might be able to find some, some Twitter lists around, you know, influencers as well. But if you were to spend a day or two just doing these searches, you're going to find lots of people. You're going to find celebrities that mentioned bicycle once out of every thousand posts. You don't, you mm -hmm. want to ignore them. You're going to find people, we call them nano influencers, you know, maybe a thousand followers, 2000 followers, but every post is about bicycles. Those are the people that you want to have on your radar. Uh, you want to check out their engagement. You want to check out the relevance of their content. You want to make sure you do your best to make sure that they're real um, just by doing Google searches, right? And from there, that's where you want to build a list and you want to start your outreach. So in SEO, for those of you listening, we're very used to creating these outreach lists and using this automated software. We do not want to do that with true influencers. We want to do an individual outreach. We want to actually read their profiles, see how they like to be contacted, either through DM or maybe a form on their website. But we want to try to make it as personalized at, you know, as possible. And that's really where you start. And you know, for those of you that are doing SEO outreach, you know, if you reach out to hundred people, you're not going to get hundred responses. And it's the same thing with influencers. So 
ideally you want to try to build some sort of relationship. You want to engage with their content, share their content, comment on their content, try to build up some relationship before you reach out to them so that they recognize you. And uh, these are mistakes a lot of companies make. They just want the shortcut. They buy some automated software, which finds people with a lot of followers and they send out automated messages. And the only people who respond are people that say, oh, I can make a lot of money off this brand. And they offer something that's very expensive. And it turns out not to be effective because there's a lot of fake followers. And this is this, this downward spiral that a lot of companies <laughs> have, uh, have made a lot of big mistakes on influencer marketing with because they don't, they don't do the work to find relevant people regardless of follower count that may not be part of any tool. Um, it, but if you do the searches like any social media user would, you can find them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, uh, when I reach out to Bridget Heisen, she has 4 million followers, you know, on LinkedIn. And uh, I spent, uh, I think, a few weeks to comment on her content. And it's interesting. I didn't reach out to her. She reached out to me, you know, to ask about LinkedIn engagement. I was shocked, you know. She has 4 million followers and asked me what I'm thinking about LinkedIn engagement because I wrote the post that um, LinkedIn decreased engagement, something happened, we need to research uh, what's going on. And she lost engagement as well. And she reached out to me to ask, do you know what, what's going on? Uh, because you wrote this post. I was shocked, you know, because, yeah, uh, I, uh, I had the goal, you know, to reach out to her, but I never thought that she will reach out to me before me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, you would be surprised <laughs> when you're an influencer how few really relevant comments or messages you get. So I would encourage you all not to think, well, everybody's probably commenting and everyone's messaging that. And it, that's actually not the case. So actually, if you genuinely comment, yeah, right. And you genuinely send messages that are, that are very thoughtful. Um, you can really make big impact because nobody else is, everybody is looking for the shortcut. They're looking for the automation tool, right? They forget you know, Anatoly that uh, digital marketing, social media marketing, it's all about relationships. It yeah. really is. And the more you understand it, the more human you are, the more analog you are in digital, I believe the more successful you'll be. Yeah, agree, agree about. And, you know, uh, I remember when uh, one account, uh, one user told me, you know, uh, I tried your method to comment on posts and uh, I wrote a uh, hundred uh, comments, but uh, I didn't get response. When I check out, uh, he commented, thank you, great content, you know, nothing special, just generic. You, you can't get results with that. Uh, probably it's better to spend time to share additional value, to take care about content, to help uh, and support users who might read this post yeah uh, it takes time uh, what what do you think about tools uh because um, uh, i think uh, i wrote on your blog uh, post about uh, using tools uh, to find influencers uh yeah share your insights do we need to use them or it's better to um, to search manually so i think that there's different levels different stages think if you're developing a tool to find influencers what you know you're going to be doing you're tapping into the same things that anybody can tap into but you're able to tap in at scale but what i find that a lot of these influencer tools do is it's still based on influence equals follower count mm -hmm. now i don't know recently but a lot of tools companies that i interviewed when i wrote the age of influence they had a minimum if you didn't have ten thousand followers they just didn't index you in their tool so this is the problem right with, with tools is that they're selective. They're selective in who they index. They're also selective in their own algorithm. 
as to how they define engagement, how they define success, which is going to be very different for every brand. So I do believe though, if you're at a point where, you know, if, if you're trying to sell, like, I don't know, something like Coca-Cola, um, and mm-hmm. there's literally, you know, hundreds of millions of people talking about you and you want to tap into your truest fans that have the most influence, you might want to leverage a tool at that point because just doing it by hand is going to require too much work. Um, but you know, I, there, there are, you know, I, I believe you should start with the manual approach, like I said. And if you find that you need to scale, find a tool that can replicate the results that you found. It would be ideal. There's also other tools that have like marketplaces and marketplaces can be good and bad, right? Uh, we don't know much about these people, but if we just want to get posts up in social media, a marketplace is the quickest way to do that. We don't have to go through the process of of searching and of contacting them. These are people that are ready to work with brands. But on the other hand, those people probably work with a lot of brands and you sort of wonder about, you know, the relevance and the authenticity of their audience. So at the end of the day, the best tool is the human mind. Um, but when you need to scale, tools can definitely be effective. Um, and, you know, at some point where you're trying to analyze, you know, do these two influencers have crossover audiences or who might be look lookalikes of these influencers or what is their average engagement rate over the last year? If you're trying to get more deeper data, that's going to be really hard to calculate. Obviously, tools have automated that and they can provide you some really good information. So, um, you know, at the beginner level, I don't think you need them. In fact, my whole thing about marketing tools is they should replicate what you do without them, right? Mm -hmm. They can't replace your work, but if you're already doing something and you find a tool that can automate and give you similar results and you have similar control over, then I'd go for it. And I think with influencer marketing, you'll probably get to a stage where once you're invested, you might want to start leveraging a tool. Yeah, I never thought about that. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> okay, I'll consider that. You know, uh, I think that my Feedly, uh, when uh, I uh, usually check out your uh, blog post, new blog post, uh, I get a lot of uh, uh, posts about marketing strategy. You know, uh, probably you have uh, a lot of others, but uh, Feedly <laughs> can show this post. Uh, can you tell me about... Uh, uh, marketing strategy, how to create this marketing strategy for social media. For example, for SEO, I know that we need to uh, provide keyword research, to analyze competitors, to check out metrics. But what about social media? You know, uh, because uh, I think that uh, uh, it's a little bit, you know, tricky. Uh, I don't know how to create content that will get uh, uh, viral results. Uh, it takes time to learn, to test. Uh, why we need to create this uh, marketing strategy and how to do it? the correct way. So, so this book I wrote about influencer marketing strategy, this book I wrote about social media marketing strategy. (laughs) So the way I look at Anatoly is that if you want to get visibility in, in digital for your company, you basically have three, three silos. You have, you have the search silo, which is search engines, but we can also say YouTube is sort of part of that. We could say maybe Pinterest is part of that. Maybe Twitter as a real-time search engine. Then you have email marketing automation. You know, that's how you develop deeper relationships once people opt into your list. And then you have social, which is the number one thing people do online, right? So um, it's something you can't ignore, yet it's something very, very difficult to get visibility on. I think every company needs to have an organic presence so that they can show that they're real to build trust, right? If you, you know, the other day I was on Amazon 
looking for a new coffee maker. And there was a company I never heard of. And, you know, I went to their homepage and I saw on Instagram, they had a hundred followers. To me, that doesn't really build a lot of trust, right? And I mean, if they weren't on Instagram, I'd have even less trust for them. So the idea is that you, you need to build trust. You need to have a place where you can, you know, build a relationship with people. But what most companies don't realize is that, you know, social media, they think of this great place to promote and advertise. Really, social media is about building relationships. So if you publish organic content and it is not going to get much visibility because of the algorithms, you need to take a different approach. My approach in 2021 going into 2022 for organic social media is influencer marketing. And it's really, if you are able to incite people talking about your brand and posting about your brand, there's going to be content that they publish. There's going to be content that you can repurpose and republish as user-generated content talking about your brand. In an ideal world, Anatoly, your organic social media would almost be entirely made up of content from your fans, right? Talking about your product because the content that they make is going to be way better than any content you can make in general. Mm. Brands just in general, you know, they want to do the photo shoot and, you know, it has to look like an ad and that stuff doesn't resonate well in social media. So I believe that social media, the strategy is to build your own network of influencers, ideally of customers, of fans that are publishing enough content about your brand that you can leverage that organically for your own company, leverage that for your advertising, leverage that on your shopping cart and really use social media as a way, as a relationship building network. That that mm-hmm. to me would be ideal. Most companies, especially startups, it's going to take a while for them to get there. So they need to be able to publish their own content. It can be very challenging, especially because the popular content these days are TikToks, Instagram reels, YouTube shorts, this short form video that requires a lot of creativity. So if I was one of them, once again, I would be looking at that same group of influencers and maybe hiring one of them to create content for my company because any content that we create is, is, is probably going to suck. So <laughs> with social media, you, you have your content and then you have engagement, right? And as a, as a business in social media, I would be actively engaging with others. Very few businesses do this, but I'd be actively engaging, actively commenting, if I saw, you know, relevant uh, content out there, people talking about my competitors, people talking about relevant things, I would, I would send them what I call social signals, uh, you know, liking, follow, comment. So it's, it's a combination of content publishing and engagement. And I think if we, you know, supplement this or really replace it with content from influencers and engaging with influencers, I believe that that's one of the best social media strategies that you can have today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Okay, uh, let's talk about uh, crafting content. For example, if I agreed about uh, posting content with some influencers, and um, uh, for example, I often see when influencers uh, uh, have a lot of engagement, high engagement, uh, like, I don't know, uh, thousand likes, comments, but uh, when they post some uh, promotional content, they get a few likes, comments. It's like wasting time, money, I don't know. But uh, it's interesting when uh, I analyzed the profile of uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and, you know, when he has Nike, uh, he doesn't tell, please buy Nike, you know. (laughs) They just uh, uh, had this Nike on his legs. That's it, you know, Uh, nothing special. Can you provide your insights? Uh, That means... um, it's better to tell influencers, uh, I have the product, please uh, create content that you 
will get engagement or uh, it's better to tell okay uh, sell my product <laughs> i don't know share everywhere with the price just provide your way yeah you bring up a really a really important point the best advertising doesn't look like advertising right that example yeah. of christian ronaldo just putting the nike cleats on his lap is going to sell more than him saying buy nike for that reason right we we don't want to be sold to and if someone that we trust and someone that we follow is blatantly saying buy this it it doesn't feel right it it seems like an ad it seems really cheap so the problem that a lot of brands have that what you saw there is what a lot of brands see they decide to work with an influencer the influencer averages like three percent engagement and then for the advertisement it's like 0.5 percent. they're like what happened right what a waste of money and some people say well it's the algorithm whenever you say sponsored by or or hashtag ad it, it goes down I, I would disagree i think the problem is that brands are choosing influencers because of their ability to create great content that resonates with their community right but then brands make the mistake of saying well we want you to post you know i, I i've seen some of these briefs anatoly like we want you to go to you know walmart and we want you to be in the shopping line for coffee and we want you to hold you know a chocolate bar while having something else in your hand i mean and we want you to use these three hashtags you must you know mention this this and this and you know brands traditionally have treated influencers as if they're like facebook ad units right we're going to program you and customize you and and you know you're really doing a disservice because you want to work with influencers because they're great content creators that they know what resonates with their audience. They are better content creators than you are, yet you're telling them what to do, right? You should yeah. give them absolute complete freedom. You should tell them, hey, we're trying to push sales before Christmas, or this is a new product that people who bought this product might be interested in. You want to give them information as to the strategy and to the branding, but you want to give them ideally complete freedom let them know what's important in terms of you know roi or you know if if there's an important hashtag don't forget to tell them that but let them be creative right and really anatoly when, when i ran my agency one of the first influencer marketing campaigns that i ran it was to mommy bloggers it was before instagram was very big and i realized that the, the photos that these bloggers were embedding in their posts were way better than anything coming out of my headquarters of this company that I was representing, right? And that's the thing. If you realize that content creators that are influencers can create better content than you can, let them guide you, right? So that's the thing. You got to give them freedom. It has to be aligned, but assuming it's aligned, let them do the talking. Don't, you know, stifle them. And that's why I believe a lot of those posts get very bad engagement because they look like ads. And anytime a brand doesn't give the influencer control and freedom, it's it's going to look like an ad and it's going to underperform in the story. Yeah, great, valuable. Okay, Neil, thanks a lot for your time, for sharing all this information, so valuable. Uh, before you leave, just tell how people can find you, reach out to you, follow you. Oh, sure. Well, um, I am Neil Schaefer. Oh, right there. Uh, I am the real Neil, so N-E-A-L-S-C-H-A-F-F-E-R. I'm Neil Schaefer everywhere on social, um, neilschaefer.com. For those of you that listen to podcasts, I also have a podcast called the Your Digital Marketing Coach. And you can find my books uh, on Amazon or wherever you buy books. So uh, look forward to continuing the conversation. 
Cool, cool. Okay, guys, you can find all these links in the description below. Listen us on Google, Spotify, Apple. Thanks a lot, Neil, for your time. You know, so valuable. Hey, thank you, my friend. My uh, my grandfather was actually born in Odessa. So uh, it feels very special to actually, I think this is the first time I've ever met someone from Odessa. So <laughs> it's been an honor and a pleasure to uh, chat with you today. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Small world. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.